Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Beauty and the Brain, the podcast where we discuss all things aesthetics. I'm your co-host, Dr. Chris Crowley, and we have a very special Thanksgiving episode for you today. I like to eat turkey because it's good. I like to eat turkey because a good boy should. Are you gonna join? I don't know the words. Jeez. I'm Jerry Drinker, nurse practitioner and co-owner of Skin and Tonic in Pace, Florida with my husband, Chris Crowley. We have a really fun episode today. As you can see, Jerry's in a very festive mood. Unfortunately, I don't know the lyrics to the song that he was singing. You just make them up as you go. <laughs> that, that's what we do, make it up as we go. That's what we do. So for today, uh, we have decided that we're gonna reflect back. Uh, we're thankful for a lot of things in our lives, but for the podcast, we're gonna look back over the, this first season um, we're really proud of the episodes. We have over 30 episodes that um, have been released already. And I'm very proud of the support that we've gotten from our, from our community in general, especially from our patients and the viewers. Like, it's just a, like, overwhelming to me that something as new as Beauty in the Brain has gotten so much support. I know, exactly. Neither of us, we kind of did this on a whim and uh, didn't expect it to grow like this. So it's been fun. And we've had a lot of guests on. And so we've had some of our favorite moments with our guests on the show, some of our favorite moments with each other. We uh, spend more time uh, having conversations with each other on the day that we filmed the podcast than almost any other time. Yeah, we get to kind of reflect over our week. And actually, we we go back for years during podcasts. Like, we oftentimes go back to even when we first started this venture 14, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so it's really nice to be able to sit and share a lot of this and things that are, like, important to us and to be able to share it with everyone else. Mm -hmm. So looking back on this year, what are some of the things that you're thankful for? This is just my favorite time of the, the year in general, and it's really easy to get emotional about all of it, but to me, the thing that I'm the most thankful for is support, just like I, I just said. Um, it takes a lot to, to tolerate me sometimes, and so um, the, the support that we get from you, um, first of all, the support from family and friends and support from our clients that continue to like be there for us. And I'm just humbled and like the growth that we've had is overwhelming to me. To be able to do something, get up every day and do something that you absolutely love. And you know, it's, I don't think that there are many people that have a job that you can go to every day and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm thankful for. I yep. probably should say health and all that kind of stuff, and I'm thankful for that too, but. <laughs> I think that goes, you know, I mean, we definitely are, are uh, blessed with good health, and we're both thankful for that. I, I mean, I kind of want to echo what you say. I mean, it takes a whole team of people around us to make skin and tonic work, to make the podcast Beauty in the Brain work. Um, you know, we can do any of this without Sierra. You guys don't see her. She's over there behind the cameras. We'll drag her on one of these days, um, get her up here to, to be a guest. Are we doing that today at some point, maybe? Yeah, she's, she's not committed to that, but we'll, we'll see if we drag her on in our Thanksgiving episode. 
But um, she is kind of the idea, the you know, creative behind a lot of the podcast topics and episodes. What you guys don't see at home is all the work that goes into pulling this off. We have Danny here with us. Danny is our videographer and uh, producer. He comes up and uh, we film a lot of episodes in one day. So not only do they have to come up with the ideas and listen to us talk all day, but then they have to go and listen to it all over again when they edit it and clip it together and make us uh, look great. Sierra also is the brains behind Skin and Tonic. She keeps that running every day along with the rest of our uh, wonderful team. We have Allie, Lindsay, and we had Allison for a little while this year until she became a new mom. So we've had really been surrounded by great people that have helped support us and grow our business. And we have um, Trinket is in the building with us as well. A lot of people know Trinket, a permanent makeup artist, and Cindy. And so Skin and Tonic truly is like going to work every day with family. And so a lot of different personalities in the building, a lot of big personalities, and somehow we've been really fortunate that each personality complements the other. Like, uh, you know, I don't know when the last time was that we even had like a little tiff with anybody in the, in the, well, I, I do, but it was. I mean, yesterday I had a little tantrum, so. It, I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, but, but that was with, your, with yourself, so that doesn't count. <laughs> That's a person within personality conflict. Nobody's taking me to HR for that. No. <laughs> so we're going to have um, kind of a lot of things to reflect back on and be thankful for throughout this episode today. We certainly hope you guys enjoy it and I uh, look forward to, to seeing you again next week on another episode of Beauty in the Brain. So I'm here today with Jerry, my husband, uh, who kind of drug us into this uh, aesthetic industry. So a little bit to my resistance, uh, you know, 15 years ago. I've been a nurse for nearly 30 years now. And my whole reason for going into nursing was helping people. And I didn't realize that you could do that with something other than bedside nursing. That's exciting, right? Anybody wants to be on the TV show, you get all the hype around that. Somebody asked you, yeah. of course, a trip to California. Yeah. So was it what you expected from that initial call? Um. Yes and no. I feel like when I started the show, that was like my prime time of like me drinking and like being 21, like always partying. And so like, I think it was different for me because I'm from Panama City. So it's like I wasn't taken out of my environment and put in another state around like people that I didn't know. Like I didn't know like the cast or like production, but I knew all my friends whenever we would go out to the bar, I would like hang out with them. And, like my mom was still in town and like I would call her if I needed something. So I think it was a lot easier for me to settle in versus other cast members. I could see how that could be hard. I remember when it first started, I think Amy was like, are we going to need security? <laughs> <laughs> are the paparazzis going to follow us around? And you know, you think like, oh my God, like what is it going to be like? But it's crazy how that can impact you and impact the people around you. Yeah. And you know, when when you're in a place that's, that's not necessarily a good place, you tend to attract people that are in that same as rare yeah. that you're in a bad place and you attract really good people yeah when you weren't as healthy as you are now did you find that you tended to have people around you that were also in similar situations yeah because i think misery well, loves the, you company were you were also on the show <laughs> you're being paid to do some of this but i think when i first started sharing my journey like around the time that i did the dr drew interview you start getting all these messages from all these people that are going through similar things. So it's like kind of this community. And I try to reply to as many people as I can. So like I know this one kid, which I had gotten a message from him during season two of Floribama. And he was like, I turned the TV on and you were the reason why I didn't kill myself. 
And he was actually the reason why I decided to do the Dr. Drew interview to like share my story. And he actually messaged me again after that interview. And I was like, oh my God, like you were like one of the reasons why I wanted to share my story. So it's like you get that positive encouragement from those people. But at the same time, it's like all these people are asking you for help. And it's like, I can barely help myself. To me, when I'm choosing where I'm going to go and who's going to be injecting me and touching my face, I mean, it's your face, right? I mean, it's very important. Um, it's going to be safety number one, results number two, and price is the third, the last thing on my list of concerns because, I mean, it's your face. That's what people see you as. And it's, you know, it's not something to take lightly. Even if we're not the primary care provider for some patients, and we're not, but, you know, I like to work with other providers. Like, I see their patients when they're sick and send them right back. You know, it's that's okay too. There's a there's a place for all of us in the you know the care model. Well, one of the things I absolutely love about um, you know your particular practice, and I know because we do uh, collaborate a lot and have patients in common, but between the practices, is that you really. Um, you know, look at this holistically. So you, you don't just look at an individual problem. Yes, you can address a, a cold or a flu or an individual problem, but uh, I think your passion and, and what you and I have talked about before many times is you like to promote this holistic view of care. Mm-hmm. We've kind of talked about this off camera, how they feel like they're cheating on one or the other if they, oh. they go for a service. I've always talked about um, com- community versus competition. And then and I've told Chris forever, I was like, I want to do something about community versus competition. I want to. And so we, we went to a, a Galdermo um, conference recently, and the speaker, he's like, well, let's talk about community versus competition. I'm like, well, damn, like, I've been wanting to do this, and we didn't. <laughs> but I think there's a whole different um, point that we've also, I missed, or didn't miss, but I never, like, thought it until you just said it, but it's community competition and collaboration. And so, you know, it really kind of gets into what we're about to talk about, about how every service can complement another service and take care of that holistic person. That competitive feeling or the competition, that there's plenty of work to do what you want to do. I would just encourage you to create your mission and stick to it and you're not going to be for everyone. You're not going to provide every service, but I think you'll be, it's really rewarding for the ones that you can help. Me being hypercritical of myself where society didn't see that, but you know, looking at images of people that were perfect, that was what I strive for. So back to your question about what I do, I try to set realistic expectations that are going to be healthy for them. Maybe a lot of people don't realize there's some pretty interesting documentaries out there now on social media is how these algorithms are designed to reinforce our beliefs. The Neogen Plasma is a relatively new, and it, we're the only office in the area that has it. So I think we're very fortunate to have been able to launch it because it's something that's just a breakthrough in like the the development of new skin for our patients. And it won the 2022 uh, new aesthetic device, right? The aesthetic conference last year. So patients ask what we do, and so quarterly, I try to do something collagen stimulating. There's an array of things you can do, from as mild as a microdermabrasion or um, a microneedling or a chemical pill or one of the energy devices, you know. People that have trauma, they have to have usually some kind of compulsive or addictive behavior to medicate the pain of that trauma. I told a patient yesterday that we were doing this podcast today and he's been in a long-term relationship, 15-year relationship, and that was, he's asked, he's like, ask her how to keep it spicy. How to keep it spicy after 15 years. Yes, people said that they had the best sex of their lives, 55 and older. And I said, woohoo! 
<laughs> Not to say it. So is this good or bad? I just use this for my face. I use it every morning and every night. You know I'm 15, I can't read that. <laughs> You've got your glasses there, we just asked you to take them off because of the blue light. Okay, so Matt was one of our first tattoo removal clients years and years ago. And since he brought it up, I wasn't gonna bring it up, he brought it up. And we um, we were pretty new into doing it at that time as well, but well, he had clarify, some of the- uh, I'm not saying it was operator error, I'm just saying it was painful as hell, just no, regardless. No, but I'm, I, what I'm saying is it was painful, but we were new enough, we didn't have a lot of extra analgesic options. Oh, God. Right? Okay, and so, so now we use, Now we use laughing gas, now we do other things because we know that I tattoo removal waited. is painful. You should have waited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very proud of it. We saw that it was there was such a need and there was, such a desire for improved performance and so it was not necessarily based on erectile dysfunction but rather performance improvement sexual performance we do have a big practice on that and that's where a large part of our male patients come but we also do a lot of aesthetic treatments for males yeah, 50 is the new 30. i want to talk about hyalopin but i also want to um, just briefly touch on this before we go on to hyalopin um, Allie, do you do any semi-permanent fillers things like radius or bellafil in the lips and is there a reason that we don't do it there? Yes. Okay, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope, um, Lindsay, you're watching this. It's not safe. I hope that it's kind of losing some traction now. We haven't heard quite as much about it um, recently. I know there are still a few that are, um, that are doing it. It's oftentimes done by um, non-medically trained professionals. So. We do, and we have to break it to them. You know, in the state of Florida, we have to have a BMI of greater than 27 with a comorbidity like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, obstructive sleep apnea, something like that, or a BMI of 30 or greater. And so when these people come in, these patients come in, and they have a BMI of 24, and they say, I just need to get a little bit right here. I'm like, well, we can do some diet modification. We can do some lipo injections, MIC injections, things like that. But realistically, it's just lifestyle changes that will really help them out a lot because we have eaten to reckless abandon in America. We, 72% uh, of most Americans are, of Americans are overweight or obese with a projected 85% by the year 2030. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy. So realistically, they really want to get control of their health as well because a lot of them eat really poorly, but they may be this big around. Mm -hmm. yeah. But they're eating terribly and they have high cholesterol, have high blood pressure, which is leading to increased cardiovascular risk, you know, increased risk of stroke and things like that as well. These medications that we use, the GLP-1 class, actually reduces your risk of cardiovascular disease by 26%, which is kind of huge in the grand scheme of things. So, I have seen in the last, I guess, five or six months that I've been doing the NAD, I have put on 10 pounds of muscle, and I have changed nothing except increase the food in my diet, probably a little more purposeful in my workouts, but the NAD is creating faster muscle repair. The downtime in between working out that muscle group is shortened with NAD, and I have explosive results. My squat, I'm at 215 working out at a 50, as a 50-year-old man, which is quite unique. And I don't use any other uh, supplements other than um, uh, hormone replacement therapy with a, a physician um, and, and low dosage with testosterone. And, but I've been doing that for 10 years. And when I saw the tremendous increase in Muscle size, muscle repair, and strength is when I added NAD to that regimen. Do I remember you telling me that you went from uh, working out, you know, pretty much daily to now sometimes you work out twice per day? With there are times when I do go twice a day because the, the repair is just so much faster. I don't have to wait 72 hours for a muscle group to repair itself with NAD. That is my experience. Now, that may not be the same experience with everybody, but again, I've been in the gym for 27 years, 
and I understand what happens in muscle repair and, and downtime is important to, to let that muscle repair and grow. The length of time is not as important with the NAD that I've added to my regimen. P-Wave, P-Shot, which you both also offer at the clinic. And uh, I was reluctant at first because, you know, no man wants the thought of a P-Shot. But it took me some time, but after we discussed it, everything was fine, I decided to do it. It's incredible. I mean, it's, it's turned me into feeling like a 25-year-old man again, and I'm shocked. I think you're wrong. <laughs> I would say PDO threads. That's what I was gonna say yeah. for Jerry, too. Am I right? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge is PDO threads and correction of other people's, or even ours, I shouldn't say other people, but correction of other work. So what about yours? You've talked about our weaknesses. I didn't say weakness at all. <laughs> I said what was the most challenging thing to learn, skill to acquire. One of the things that you do provide in your clinic that we don't do is penile filler. Oh. So that I guess that is controversial. That's, I was going to say that 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 <laughs> Jerry is, took it right there. I know. I'm like, well, I, let's just go there, Jerry. I, mean, no. I, I think it, I think it's slightly controversial. This guy waited about three days, and <laughs> <laughs> he, he was ready to, to try out the new. Ready to go. <laughs> this is, but I mean, yeah. Then it had to be dissolved and then redone, and you know, and that's painful. Dissolving and hurts. And very pricey. I mean, yeah. that's a that's an expensive mistake for uh, someone to make. Hundred percent, because I think he had six syringes.